Hi everybody, I'm Peter Jacobson, and welcome to Jake's Takes. Congratulations to Justin Thomas on a tremendous performance at Sawgrass at the Players Club to win the Players 2021. Interesting to watch the play this week. The greens obviously were hard and fast. I wasn't there. So I watched it on TV, watched every minute, and I, uh, I'm just so proud of what the tournament has become. I'm proud of what the PGA Tour does as a professional sports organization. But Justin Thomas, what he's gone through this year, obviously a lot of it is uh, he brought on himself. Let's go back a little bit. A couple, I don't know, was it a couple of months ago, he was caught on a hot mic using a homophobic slur after he missed a short putt. And obviously very, very concerning that that would be the first word that popped into his brain. And I know that he has thought long and hard about it and he's made some changes. He's been very open about it and good for him. But the one thing that we can learn about that is is how people react. And I know that two of his sponsors reacted in a totally different way. I give Citibank all the credit in the world for hanging in there with Justin Again, it was an objectionable term that he used. Hurt a lot of people. And it's just one of those words in the English language that you shouldn't use because it's hurtful. But Citibank decided to work with Justin to not only improve Justin Thomas, but also to educate those in their world and in our world as to things you don't say and things you don't do. So congratulations to Citibank. Along the same vein, Ralph Lauren and Polo, their line, decided to drop Justin, which I think is the wrong thing to do. Because as ugly as that was, that's how you learn. That is where real learning comes into play. And as we always hear in the game of golf, when somebody blows a lead or doesn't win or misses a putt, the announcers will always say, well, this is a learning experience. Well, learning experiences are things you get when you don't accomplish what your goal is. When you don't win the tournament, you get disappointment. You get a learning experience. And that's exactly what we need to take out of this Justin Thomas situation. Justin's talked a lot about it. He's been under the microscope, a lot of scrutiny. People, I think, unjustly accusing him of of being homophobic. I know that's not true. I know Justin. I like him a lot. He comes from a golf family, his grandfather and his father, both PGA of America professionals, and they've taught Justin the right way and the right thing. As a point of reference, I lost a brother, Paul, back in 1988, my younger brother, by two years. He was gay. He lived in Los Angeles, and he contracted AIDS, and he passed away, and it was traumatic. But the one thing that my brother, Paul, talked about, he was proud of who he was, and I love that song by Lady Gaga, I was born this way, God makes no mistakes, and I believe that to be true. But we're all in this world together. We're all different shapes, different sizes, different colors. We have to get along with everybody. And I I am not in favor of anybody that is oppressed or marginalized. I hate racism. I hate any kind of oppression whatsoever. And we need to work together to eradicate that from our society. So 
What can we learn from the Justin Thomas situation is just that. We learn from it, we understand it, and we move on, and we're better for it. I say to Justin Thomas, you made a mistake. You've acknowledged it. You've learned from it, and you've moved on, and you're better for it. That's why I don't like this cancel culture we're in. However ugly, however how many stains we have in our history, in our past, we accept it, we learn from it, we acknowledge it, and we move on. And that's only how we can get better, get smarter, and become a better society to where we we love each other. I'm a sports nut, and if you're anything like me, the first thing you do every morning is grab your phone and check to see what may have happened overnight in the world of sports. But Mondays are for golf. Once the weekend is over and the golf tournaments around the world are complete, whether they're on the professional tours or in the amateur world, I know I'll find what I need on Global Golf Post. It comes to my email every Monday morning delivering everything I need to know as I dissect what happened over that weekend. It also offers insight and analysis from experienced writers and contributors who are as committed to the game as I am. And it's pretty easy to sign up. Just log on to globalgolfpost.com and you're done. And for even more great content, you can subscribe to Global Golf Post Plus, which takes a deeper dive into the world of golf, exploring the people, places, and things that makes this game we love so intoxicating. And with Global Golf Post Plus, there's no advertising. Use the promo code JAKESTAKES when you sign up to receive 30% off your monthly subscription to Global Golf Post Plus. So remember, globalgolfpost.com. It's everything you're going to need to know about this game of golf. It's a jungle in here, and we all know it. The next major is right around the corner of the Masters. Uh, back into its time slot, we saw the Masters last fall because of the pandemic. In fact, it was actually great to see the Masters and the U.S. Open played in 2020 rather than being canceled. So as we head into the Masters upcoming, we're all thinking of Tiger. He certainly won't be in the field. He probably won't even be on site after that horrific car crash. We're all hoping for the best. But it raises a question that A lot of people ask me, should one of our four major championships be match play? I know we've talked about it in the past and we've highlighted the the WGC Dell match play championship, but wouldn't it be interesting, something to think about for maybe the Masters one year to say, hey, we're changing it all up, guys. We're going to go with a match play format this year or maybe alternate the even years they do match play, the odd years they do metal play. Or maybe they all agree to do match play in alternating years from the Masters, the U.S. Open, the PGA, and the Open Championship. It's just something to think about 
which I think would be really unique, which leads me to the point I wanted to make in this segment is that we announced this week the creation of a new Champions Tour event called the World Champions Cup. And it's going to be a Ryder Cup slash President's Cup competition for all of us old people over 50. Historically, the Ryder Cup has played Europe versus the U.S., and the President's Cup is, historically, the international team, everybody else other than Europe, against the U.S. With this unique new format, we're going to have all three teams competing together. The U.S. versus Europe versus the world in a points competition. All three teams playing together. Captaining the United States team will be Jim Furyk. Captaining the world team will be Ernie Els. And captaining Europe will be Darren Clark all former captains of the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. The unique competition will be a points-based system. For example, every hole we play, they're all nine-hole matches, which gives us a chance to do not only singles matches, but also a team competition with best ball and alternate shot, or Chapman. So each hole will be worth one point. So you can actually lose five holes in a row. You could make five bogeys and lose five points to both the other teams. Say if it's me and I'm on the United States team, I lose five points to Team Europe and five points to the Team World. But I can come right back with four birdies and pick up four points. So net-net, I'm only costing the United States team one point. And it's something that I think will be a great addition to to the world calendar of golf. We're planning on holding it next November year 2022. We were hoping to do it this November 21, but because of the pandemic still being with us, we hope that all travel restrictions will be lifted in November 2022. But when we're looking at different formats, I I know when people talk about different formats and you maybe don't get the the two best players in the world playing in a match play final. People complain and say, oh, let's go back to medal play. Let's count them all. But I do think on this world schedule, from the European Tour, the PGA Tour, the LPGA Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, Champions Tour, and all the golf played around the world, I think there is room for different formats. And I think that's what the World Champions Cup is going to give us. And it's also it's also going to give us a chance to see these rivalries that we've seen from Ryder Cup and President's Cup in the past kind of revive themselves and raise those ugly heads. When you look at names like Ernie Els, Vijay Singh, Greg Norman, Retief Goosen, Mike Weir from Canada, and Bernard Langer, Nick Faldo, and from the United States, Phil Mickelson, Jim Furyk, Davis Love III, Fred Couples, Steve Stricker, David Duvall, Justin Leonard, David Toms. You can start to see that these are some legendary players that are playing on the Champions Tour. A lot of them are Hall of Famers. But I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this all shakes out, especially with a new point format rather than your regular match play. One down, two down, one down, three down, four down, things like that. So keep your eye out for that. I'll be updating everybody as we, we as we determine the site where we're going to play, as we sign title sponsors, and also develop our media partners along the way. You've been here before, you know what to do. Keep your head on straight, don't let them get to you. Put a smile on your face, get rid of that frown. Gotta suck it up, it's no 
ask me all the time now when I played an outing or a tournament or just with friends, why do I play a yellow ball? Well, it's pretty simple, really, because I can see it. I can see the ball in flight all the way from the tee down to the landing spot, whether that's the fairway or, yeah, a fairway bunker. At my age now, I lose the white ball in flight. When Strixon first started making the Z-Star yellow ball, and they put it in my locker, it was to hand out to my amateur partners in the Pro-Am. And I was thinking, I'm not going to play this ball. I'm going to play the white ball. But when they put it in play, I could see their ball. And I immediately thought, what in the heck? I could see that ball. And believe me, when you lose sight of the ball in flight, and you don't know where it lands, it kind of takes a little bit of the fun away. So what I did right then, I switched to the yellow ball. I started playing it in the Pro-Ams, and eventually I started playing it in the tournament. Whenever you switch to a new ball, you're always worried about how that ball is going to fit in with what you do, how it affects your game. And I play it because it does everything I need it to do. I always think about proper spin, the proper trajectory, and the maneuverability of the shot. With the Strixon Z-Star yellow ball, I can curve it left or right, hit it high or low, and it has that perfect amount of spin that I need for my game. It's been about 10 years now since I put that ball in play, and I've never looked back. It's yellow for me for the rest of my career. It's a jungle in here, and we all know. A couple of months ago, Adam Scott, the great major champion from Australia, was highlighted in an article and his analysis of the PGA Tour schedule and the big events, the medium events, the smaller events, the silly season, as he called it, the special made-for-TV events that we saw during the pandemic, which were basically arranged to raise money for charity. So I wholeheartedly supported that. But he dove deep into what his analysis would be for putting together his schedule. And as we've seen over the years with the introduction of World Golf Championship events, and obviously we have the four majors, we have the FedEx Cup, we've got the the race to Dubai over in Europe, and it's really hard for these players to determine a schedule because they're traveling all over the world. And when you live outside the United States and you know that the well, three of the four majors are here in the United States. It's really tough for you to to figure out your schedule, especially if you want to play in your home country of Australia, like Adam Scott wants to do, or in Europe, like these other players want to. But it is interesting when you start stacking up different events against each other. The major championships stand out. So do the World Golf Championships. And the, certainly the FedEx Cup, because that's where there's a lot of money, big money, events and a huge payday. But then you start looking at the events that are silly season events. These are events that aren't on the PGA Tour schedule, but they're incredibly necessary because it brings players to the cities and the communities where they don't visit on the PGA Tour schedule. Money is raised for charity and we get to see players from the tour that we don't see on a up close and personal basis. So I think it's a good thing I think it's something that every player has to do. They've got to analyze their schedule, what they want to do for their game, what they want to do for charity. And don't forget, they've got commitments to their sponsors along the way as well. So it can get pretty crazy. When you're successful, 
you get pulled in a lot of directions. Now, I would rather be incredibly successful and have to deal with being pulled rather than missing every cut and worrying about where I'm going to go in my career. So know that when the players are struggling to put together a schedule, it's a legitimate concern. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's Jake's Takes podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Peter Jacobson. These have been my takes. What are yours? Yeah.